0: Welcome into another News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. It's been a little bit since we've been uh, back here in the podcast booth, Justin. Uh, a lot going on around the Jaguars.
1: It's happened uh, kind of fast and furious, right?
0: Yeah, they, they've been busy. Uh, obviously, the, the big news is going on right now amongst Jaguars fans is the pause of the EVP search. Now, I know a lot of people don't have Trent Bulky on their Christmas lists. Uh, and a lot of people were hoping that he was going to be fired. He did not get fired. He won't be fired. And then during the press conference announcing the hiring of Doug Peterson, the news came where Shad Khan said he would be looking to add an executive vice president.
1: And I think fans at that moment felt a little bit of consolation. Like, okay, Shad heard our cries. We're going to have a buffer. Trent's going to have a boss right now. He's going to be kind of muted in this process. And uh, it turns out three weeks later, that is not quite the case.
0: No, uh, he completely changed his mind, completely bulks on that, That and has now decided to hit the pause button and wait and see how Trent Bulky and Doug Peterson work out together. Now, there's two frames of thought here. A lot of the fans feel like Shad Khan just said what he needed to to get everyone to stop asking questions and complaining. And, you know, I can understand where you're coming from from that. Now, the other train of thought is that maybe he couldn't get his guy, and he didn't want to hire the wrong guy, or he couldn't or, or he just finally felt that it was too late in the process to add somebody. Um, I, the way I look at it, the, I, I think he wanted Rick Spielman. I think Spielman said he wanted more time. And Shad could not get the fact that he was locked in on Spielman out of his head. And you know what? If you think there's the right guy and the right guy isn't available at this moment, don't hire the wrong guy just because you can't get the one you believe in. I, I, I can go with that. But I look at it at this point. this point. It's March. It is March right now. The NFL free agency is less than two weeks away, or about two weeks about away. About two weeks, 15 days from the, today. The, the draft is about two months away. So with both of those coming around the corner, if you bring in a new voice, this is bringing in a new dynamic into an already new relationship between Trent Balky and Doug Peterson. And you bring in this new voice who's now both of their bosses that nobody knows, they don't know each other. The, the free agency board is basically built at this point, and he'd just be starting from scratch, whoever this person was. The, the draft board is going to be finalized at the end of this week. If that person comes in next week, the week after that, then they're coming in cold looking at this. And at that point, they don't really have any influence on this off season anyway. So why not wait? And really do some legwork and find out if you need this person or if you want to get Rick Spielman, just wait for Rick Spielman. Because if you bring, it doesn't matter who you bring in at this point in the off season. really they're not going to make that big of an impact for next season.
1: That's right. Yeah. And, you know, I think the, the flip side of that is people were uh, led to believe one thing um, they're sick of Trent Balky, they don't want him to have his fingerprints or the final say over another free agent class, over another draft class. We saw what happened last year, and and, I don't consider Trevor Lawrence part of that draft class. I mean, Trevor was going to be taken regardless of uh, whoever was calling the shots there, Um, and and I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, I do think that um, Trent maybe has been unfairly – um, penciled in as, as a bad guy, a bad talent evaluator, bad, bad manager guy. I mean, he. this was Urban Meyer's team last year. I yes. think Trent was there for guidance and um, to, to steer the ship a little bit. But this was Urban Meyer's franchise. Shad Khan picked his guy. He made that clear when he hired him. It was a uh, a coach-led uh, franchise at this point um, last year with Urban calling the shots. So uh, this will be Trent's first, to me, his first true year Um, of running the Jacksonville Jaguars. So um, you give bulky a little bit of grace in this process. Uh, Let's see what can happen. It's year two of Trevor. Um, It's Trent. I think Trent is going to be the guy making those uh, calls this year, and he'll have guidance from an actual NFL head coach and Doug Peterson. So I don't necessarily think it, uh, an AVP role was, Neci- hugely necessary at this point. I do get the fans' uh, angst about that. They wanted Balky gone. They didn't get it. Um, but, hey, let Doug Peterson and Trent Balky roll right now and, uh, and see what they can do with this Yeah, thing.
0: you know, and I think Balky's been painted as this bad guy that he can't seem to work with others. Every interaction I've had with Trent has been, been fine. He's always been pleasant. Uh, he's never just come off as, like, somebody that you couldn't have a conversation with. Urban, completely opposite there. I mean, if you could tell that Urban – he thought he was the smartest person in the room every time, and no matter who else was in the room. Yeah uh, so I don't, I don't so have a
1: problem. I think if you if it's going to get better
0: I, than I, it was last year.
1: Yeah, I sure. do I think the decision to keep balky was a bad one. I think you probably should have just done a clean sweep and gone with a, a new overview everything, get uh, get a full cleanse of that organization. but since you didn't do it, Shad? Let You know, hitch the wagon to Balky, let he and Peterson see how well they work together and go from there. I, I think the time to fire Trent Balky was it passed. Uh, the Monday after that Colts game. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, If you know, that's
0: what you were going to do, you should have done it months ago. Absolutely. And that's part of my thing is like the timing of this whole thing. It all does come together. Like if you if you were going to make the decision on Trent Balky, you couldn't wait until you were about to hire Doug Peterson and then fire Balky. You, you can't bring in a new EVP right now because the results of this season are going to be tied to that person regardless of, of how much impact they had. And we say, you know, last year was Urban Meyer's team. I think he defaulted to Trent on some things, probably a little bit with the draft at times. Mm-hmm. And last year's draft class for the Jaguars, not exactly. Like, we don't know about ETN. We're not going to give him any credit for Trevor Lawrence. Tyson Campbell looked good Turn by the end good, of the se- yeah. season. Walker Little in the times he played looked pretty Solid, good. Yeah. Andre Sisco graded it out well according to advanced statistics. He, you know, we couldn't figure out why he'd never got a chance to play. I mean, so those are a couple of guys that give you a reason to believe that there are at least a few starters. We have no idea about guys like J. Tufeli, Jordan Smith, how that'll work out. But they, they're at least – I mean, if you come out of the draft with one, two, three – Three starters and maybe Etn becomes a, a starter on his own. Plus Trevor Lawrence. That's a that's a good yeah, draft. I, I agree. You know. Yeah, I so agree. so I mean we should give him some points for for that at the very least. And now it seems like Doug and Trent. At least on the outside, they're saying they get along. We're talking about going out golfing together. Maybe this is a budding bromance, whatever you (laughs) want to call it. And, you know, maybe it works out. Maybe the two of them can, can band together and revamp the culture around the Jaguars organization and around the building. But it's always good, you know, you always talk about wanting to have guys that are on the same page. And your front office entirely has to be on the same page. If Shad's been around the building for the past few weeks like he says he has, and he's seen Trent and Doug working together, and he says, you know what, these two guys look like they're getting along real well. Uh, I mean, n- they just started working together, so they probably yeah, should get along. there no
1: games, <laughs> but, there's been no scouting. So. Right,
0: but if, if he thinks that they have this, I, I, I like the word bromance, if they have this bromance going on, you know what, let's try it and see if these two can have this budding bromance and maybe they can be on the same page moving forward, and all of a sudden now you've got a GM and a coach that are marching lockstep into the future together. That would be ideal. Will that exactly happen? Who knows? This hey, could be both of them just faking it. It's March,
1: and everything is perfect right now. Exactly. Right? So it's the off season. Everybody's, everybody's a Super Bowl champion. Everybody's smiling at the combine, and everything is perfect. Uh, the draft's not right around the corner. Free agency is, is closing in, so everything's perfect right now. And that's all we can, as Jaguars followers, uh, that's all we can hope for after the disaster of last year. So I'm willing to give Balky a little bit of a um, of a pass for the last year and a half or so he's been with the team. Uh, it we'll see if this Peterson and Balky marriage can work. I think it's probably got a better chance of working than the Meyer uh There, just I mean, just listening Doug Peterson talk, the way he carries himself, it seems so much different than Urban Meyer. And I was one of the believers in, in listening to Urban. I thought he was refreshing in, in his press conferences uh, early on last year after being hired. Um, but he turned out to be a good salesman and, uh, and not an actual uh, a guy that you could uh, kind of uh, hang your hat on from a franchise. Doug Peterson, you know, he's won a Super Bowl. When he talks, there's substance behind it, I think. So I, I've been impressed with what he's done just in that three weeks since he's been hired. Um, so I'm willing to give this, a little bit of a, this marriage a little bit of time to, to breathe and exhale and grow together.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all comes together. And hopefully it'll be for the betterment of the, of the franchise as a whole. Uh, The big thing that they're working on right now, NFL Combine, is this week. Uh, Trent and Doug are both up in Indy watching some of the top prospects. A guy like Evan Neal not working out there. But it sounds like a lot of the other guys that are going to be in that conversation for the number one overall pick do plan to work out. Um, To me, the guys that have the most on the line are those guys that are in the conversation. One of them, Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, a lot of people have kind of tabbed him as a hard-working guy and an effort defensive end. If he goes out there and tears up the field, I mean, then you have no reason not to select the guy number one. I mean, they, they talk about how he checks all the boxes off the field. He loves football and he works hard. If he can go out there and run maybe a four six four seven something like that, show he's, an, he's really athletic, which people expect him to do and he expects himself to light up the combine is what he said, uh, I think... At that point, he answers that question. Now, the other guy that has the most on the line is Akeem Akwanu. Yeah, uh, he's had a meteoric rise. I mean, from, from nowhere to conversation from the for the number one overall pick. And, I, you know, I really think this guy is going to interview well. I've read some of his stuff, some of the different interviews that he's done places, listened to him talk. I mean, he's extremely intelligent. He has so much depth to his personality from – investing his money in college to in different things in the stock market and studying that. I mean, he turned down Ivy League schools to go to NC State and had like an in-depth reason of he saw the strength and conditioning coach and said, that's the guy that can help me transform my body into an NFL player. I mean, you talk about a high school kid saying that, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, There's a lot of depth to this guy. I think he's going to be a rock star in the interviews off the field. And if he goes out and tests well on the field, which – he seems to believe he's going to run close to a five, if not sub five, yeah. and, and and be a rock star on the bench press. I, You know, that steam for that number one overall pick might be picking up. Yeah, I that's mean, <laughs> in,
1: in Mel Kuyper's mock draft today on ESPN, he had a change of uh, pace, and he has a keen going number one to the oh, Jags. Serious. And, you know, I, I don't know. I am on the fence about an offensive tackle at number one overall. There's a reason why they don't go that high um Eric Fisher the last time an offensive lineman went number 1 overall was 2013 Eric Fisher won uh and then back right behind him the Jaguars took Luke Jokel uh one of the worst draft picks in uh, franchise history for Oof. the Jags uh, when you're talking that high of a pick and they just did not get what they needed to, out of uh, Luke Jokel a guy they pegged uh baby Baselli, uh, and he turned out to be nothing like Tony and why, why the option would they wasn't picked n- up and do that um, to just Tony. not a not a good pick at number 2, so I'm hesitant in, in not saying whatsoever uh, Keem or uh, Evan Neal would be that same type of player. But to me, I think elite pass rushers, guys that can get to the quarterback, are so much more uh, difficult to find than an offensive tackle. You've got Cam Robinson there, the potential to bring Cam back on the franchise tag or long-term deal. We know what Cam is at this point in his career. He's mm-hmm. an average to a tick above average NFL starter. Uh, you do have Walker Little. To me, I think you, you entertain the thought of bringing Cam back or you maybe snag an Armstead, uh, somebody of that caliber in free agency. Uh, you see what Walker Little is made of, uh, push Walker at right tackle with, uh, with Jawan Taylor, mm-hmm. and you see what those guys can have. I think passing up on a pass rusher, uh, a guy, a Hutchinson, a Thibodeau at that number one spot is just too difficult to do. I think, yeah, you want to build around Trevor, um, but is in a team, is an Evan Neal worth um, you know, sacrificing a guy who could be a 12 to 15 sack a year guy? I know we want to do everything in this offseason to bolster Trevor's uh, success and set him up for long-term success. I don't know if that's uh, number one offensive tackle. I just don't – I mean, the preference for me would be trade down and and amass some more picks. But I think I would lean towards one of those elite pass rushers at number one as opposed to an offensive tackle. I think I'd rather have an experienced offensive tackle somewhere um, in free agency, bring back Cam uh, on a franchise deal, something like that, as opposed to um, no matter how well or what poetic stories Akeem can, uh, can, can rattle off to you. I do think that uh, I'd go with pass rusher, number one.
0: I'm right there with you. Um, There was a stat, and I've been searching for it while you were talking, uh, that I saw floated from ESPN about the number of players that recent Super Bowl teams had had on their offensive line and where they came into the NFL or how they were acquired. And varied that number for Super Bowl teams. In that first round, very low. A lot of them were veteran free agents that they brought in. And that's how you can put together your offensive line. Um, you know, offensive linemen are one of those, like Luke Jokel, Eric Fisher. Even Eric Fisher wasn't that – he's okay he, in the he, NFL. He turned out
1: to be an average he NFL was, player. He was okay. Uh, you know, in offensive
0: linemen, you can find really good offensive linemen in day three, day two of the draft, and that's what good teams do. And you good just spent a
1: second-round pick on, a, on an offensive tackle last year. Exactly. So.
0: Good teams find – good offensive linemen late in the draft because offensive line is one of the things where you can develop those traits and some of it's about want to and that those are things that are hard to judge and uh, you know play strength is hard to judge at the college level because you know you don't know who he's playing against some of he might be playing against a guy who's a future insurance salesman um and he might look great there so i'm not i'm not in, in camp for picking the offensive tackle yeah, I'm I not I think that. you don't yeah, pick that there you pick Aiden Hutchinson you pick Thibodeau you get a guy who's going to go out there and get you some sacks and you spend some money and get a veteran left tackle yep. or you, you sign a long-term deal to Cam you, you or or you either say I'm going to roll with Walker Little you sign Cam to a long-term deal or you go into free agency and you say all right who do I want to be my left tackle yep. and you either throw a bag at Teron Armstead or you go for the the value veteran market I think if, I, if it was up to me, I'd sign Cam. I, I think I can get Cam on a decent deal. Um, I think I could pro- you could probably get him on something that's a little bit cheap because Teron Armstead's going to cost a boatload of money. It's not worth the number one overall pick. Cam's a veteran. At the very least, you franchise tag him um, because, honestly, if you sign him to a long-term deal, the franchise tag's probably going to be about equal to what mm-hmm. you're going to pay him year to year anyway. You sign him, sign him to the franchise tag, or sign him to a long-term deal. Get him in there. You got your left tackle. Tell Walker Little come in here and beat him out. Come in here and beat him out, and I'll fix it from there. Because yeah, then, then you can move. You can move a contract. Yeah, but I come know. in here and beat him out. Show me you. Show me you deserve it. Or come in and beat Juwan out. That's, but that's until then, I, you that's can't the route fix that. I
1: would absolutely take. I 100% agree with you. I think Cam Robinson, you've already got a guy, you know, in house in a sense with. Cam, you know what you get with Cam. Again, an, an average to a tick above average offensive tackle. Um, Jawan Taylor, I think, is the weak link on uh, in those tackle spots. I think you've got Walker Little there for a reason. He's been a second-round pick on him last year. He's obviously going to be far better than he was as a rookie. Uh, I think you let Walker Little press those guys. And if he's, you know, Jawan may be the odd guy out there, but I think you've got Cam Robinson there. Or a Teron Armstead, and if he's an option, and I think you use that number one pick on a position that's a lot more difficult uh, mm-hmm. to get. I mean, those pra- those pass rushers. It would be nice to have somebody to, to, to pair with uh, Josh Allen uh, or whoever else they um, you know they wind up bringing in a free agency. Maybe it unlocks potential. in Kayla uh, Von Chase on. I mean, something. I think uh, you've got to do as much as you can to be disruptive, get to the quarterback, get in that backfield, and I think a pass rusher at number one is the way they should go. Those guys are much, much more difficult to find. Not currently on the roster now, and I think Jacksonville has guys on the roster at of that offensive line um, that uh, that can keep Trevor upright.
0: Plus, really good teams have like four of those guys, like yeah. four good pass rushers. So that way you can throw waves of them at people. I mean, on third and long, do you really want the quarterback standing back there for, for five and ten seconds picking you apart? You don't. You have to be able to get to them. Um, And the other thing is with bringing in a rookie left tackle possibly. How much turnover do you really want on your offensive line in one offseason? You're not bringing Norwell back. You're, you're probably, if you bring A.J. Can back, he still has to compete for a job. Mm-hmm. You've got to bring in competition.
1: You can't bring I mean, Linder back.
0: You, you, you probably have to release Linder. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the entire interior of your offensive line. Maybe you say Ben Barch is the starter at one of those spots. At least he's in the building. But that still leaves you with two spots on the interior plus two tackle spots. It makes sense to have some sort of continuity on that line up front rather than starting from scratch. Very few teams go and remake their whole offensive line in one offseason. And to
1: be fair, if this was Jawan Taylor we're talking about instead of Cam, I'd say let Jawan walk and find somebody else to replace him. Right. You know, Cam is – you know what you're going to get with Cam. I've I've said it three times. He's consistent. He's consistent. And and, available. And he's not a liability like Jawan Taylor. I think um, if you want to upgrade on that offensive line, it's right tackle. Um, I think you have Walker Little press him. And, uh, and see if he can man, man that uh, right tackle position. I think you franchise or sign Cam and, um, again, use that number one pick on a true difference maker um, on that defensive side of the ball.
0: Yeah, a lot of philosophy that's going into this as far as value. Um, we'll see what the Jaguars ultimately do uh, because, obviously, the, a lot of people are high on these offensive linemen. We just don't seem to—we seem to agree that there's just not the value there when it comes there and that there needs to be some some level of continuity when it comes to the Jaguars' offensive line. Also, I just don't think the Jaguars are in a position where they can just let quality players walk out of the building. Like, I think they should do something to try and retain D.J. Chark at a reasonable price because you when you have struggled, uh, for lack of a better word, for the past two— three years for as long as they have, you can't let good players just leave. You can't let Cam just walk away. You can't let DJ just walk away. You, you at the very least, have to try and keep them in your building. I mean, you want to talk about some of their, their biggest misses is letting guys leave yeah, in the right. prime are, of their careers. I mean, you talk about Jan, you talk about Jalen. I mean, without going back very far, you're letting some of these guys leave in the prime of their career and then go have these great – Rest of their careers mm-hmm. elsewhere. You and guys, you've that. drafted. Guys, you it's drafted. What,
1: you know that's what teams like the Bills have done, where you've retained those guys, you've drafted well, you've kept them in house. Now you're gonna not gonna be able to keep everybody um, financially that you draft who's had these breakout uh, seasons. You just can't do it um, in the structure of the NFL. Uh, but teams like Buffalo draft well, keep keep players, reward those players. And you know while DJ Chark has been a little bit underwhelming since his second year. Um, I still think you you give him another. It's almost sim- it's almost like Allen Robinson. Almost a very similar situation. to Allen Robinson when he was in town Towards ACL first game of uh, his final season under contract. Jacksonville let him walk, and what's he do in Chicago? Despite terrible quarterback play, mm-hmm. has uh, has a solid time there. And you know, A. Rob is a guy that's being mentioned as coming back to Jacksonville. Uh, Jalen, you know, he his situation is a little different. Uh, forced his way out of town, but I mean, multiple time All Pro player. Jan, we've seen what he's done, so. It's nice to to reward some of these guys that you've drafted and invested money in. Uh, in time, and I think Cam and DJ two good examples of that. If the price is right for both those guys,
0: what did Allen Robinson do to deserve the quarterback play he's oh, gotten in man. the NFL? I mean, like, like really, what did he do to deserve this? I, Mitchell Trubisky, like he we Blake after Bortles. after Blake Bortles, <laughs> he gets Mitchell Trubisky, then he gets after that what Andy Dalton this season, and they basically just said, you know what, we don't even want to throw the ball at Allen Robinson Let's this year. Let's just run it every every time. Like, what what did he do to deserve this? Uh, if, if it was it's so bad that if he signed with the Jaguars no one could even argue that he'd ever played with a quarterback better than Trevor and Trevor had a bad rookie year and everyone would say wow hey Rob finally got himself a quarterback huh yeah
1: <laughs> and you know we're, we're two weeks away from free agency 15 days from free agency starting who would be your ideal guys if you had a maybe a one and two and three in free agency we're talking about re- receiver I mean we big-time help at receiver, uh, this free agency class. Who would be three guys, and it could stretch beyond receiver, would you be – you go all in if you're Jacksonville to try and get?
0: Go all in. If if Devontae Adams doesn't yeah, get tagged, the, <laughs> I, I don't think there's a conversation to be had. How much money you want? Okay, I got you. Uh, you yes. know, uh, it, look it, – if he doesn't get tagged, I don't think that's an if. I think that's a when he gets mm-hmm. tagged conversation. I don't think he's a free agent. If I'm the Jaguars and Devontae is off the market, I'm going for Brandon Scherf for sure. Uh, go, get, go get them a big power guard. Put him up front in front of Trevor. That'll open up some running lanes for the running game that'll keep Trevor upright. We don't, You want to have a strong interior of your line. If guys are going through your tackles, as long as they're speed rushing and beating them to the outside, that's the long way to the quarterback. Trevor can step up if he's got guards in front of him. Um, so I'd go get Brandon Scherf, pay the man. He's worked with your offensive line coach previously for a little while in Washington. So I'd, I'd do that. I'd go after Chandler Jones. Uh, you know, adding to the pass rush unit, like I said earlier, pass rush, you said it, pass rushers are valuable. And I said, you know, you need like four of those guys. Josh Allen, Dewan Smoot, Chandler Jones. We're at, at least at a trio to start there. Um, he's worked with Buckner before, your defensive line coach. You've got familiarity here. He's not probably going to be the highest paid guy this off season, but he's going to still get himself yeah, a nice it. contract.
1: The only thing that worries me about him is his age. He's getting up there a little bit. It's all bit. right. The Jaguars so, 30, need some old people. 32. I mean, he could be that Calais Campbell kind of guy, right? right. Come in and
0: – The Jaguars need some old heads on the roster. The those rosters too young and young teams just tend not to win games. Mm-hmm. So bring in some veteran guy. You know what? If, if you get a year or two out of him, great. You know what? And if, it, if you sign him to a four-year contract, that's Trent's job to make sure that it's worded properly where you can get him out. The, the, that's the whole part of the game. you got to know how to make these void years. Give yourself an option to get out. You get one or two years out of him. Last year, he didn't look like he was slowing down. Mm-hmm. So you, you bring him here. Maybe you get one, two years out of him. Then he starts to slow down. You've got to decide if you want to restructure, keep him around, whatever. I'd bring him here. Um, my third guy. You know, I'd, I think they should retain DJ Chark. I'd like to draft a guy. Um, if Devontae is not out there, I'm okay on Chris Godwin, but I wouldn't bang the table as got to have him. I'd go get Dalton Schultz and give Trevor a, a real threat at tight
1: end. So I like uh, – I like to me, tight end-wise, I think they should have got him last year. Zach Hurts. I mean, he had, yeah. had a rebirth in uh, Arizona and um, showed he could stay healthy. Oh, so he I, makes so much sense. I mean, it's, It made so much sense last year, and I don't know why they didn't do it. Um, I think that's, that's good. I think Godwin, I, I don't think Adams is going to be out there no. available. Um, but, man, if that's, uh, that's a no-brainer if that's the case. I'd make him the highest-paid receiver in the NFL history and uh, go from there. Um, and I don't think Godwin's a bad uh, bad example. I know he and, uh, and DJ coming back from uh, season-ending injuries. Uh, but I think you go with those two guys. And, I mean, in the draft, maybe that second-round pick, a Jamison Williams kind of guy.
0: If Jamison uh, Williams falls that far, uh, I, I don't think they even have to wait to call him. Just when the first round wraps up, just just text him like, yeah, even "Hey, the, we're picking you uh, even tomorrow." Even
1: in the tail end of that first round, I've seen mocks Trade where, back up. where get he's him. where he is yes. falling into that that range where Jacksonville could be a player in that second round, and then that you know that free agency plan where you get an A. Rob, you get a Chris Godwin, you bring back DJ Chark. Then you package him with that Jamison Williams type of guy um, where you get your veteran receiver and you get your rookie receiver to kind of grow. I think that's a good one. I think they need help. I think they need a tight end, a uh, serious tight end. Zach Hertz upgrades to Dan Arnold. Um, so I think that's uh, – I think tight end is a major priority, just like it was last year. Um, and that offensive line, too, needs some uh, needs some help. And, you know, whether that's Teron Armstead, Brandon Scherf, uh, whatever the case may, may be, I mean, you're going to need a new center, Brandon Linder. Um, could be gone, yeah. so uh, I, I, like, uh, I like the upgrades at receiver tight end more than anything.
0: The clear goal is to give Trevor a lot of mouths to feed here. I mean, if you bring it like – I like the idea of bringing Allen Robinson back here on a, on, a, on a solid contract. I think he still has a lot left in the tank. I also like the idea of drafting a guy like Jamison Williams. If Jamison's there midway through the first round, the Jaguars got extra picks. They don't need to bring 10 guys, 10 rookies into this locker room. They don't. So trade back up and go get the guy. He's still recovering from it, from his injury. Sure, it's going to take him a little while to get on the field. Fine, you, we saw enough of him at mm-hmm. Alabama to know what he is and know that he would bring a dimension to the Jaguars that they lack currently. I mean, he he has cha- game changing speed. He has game changing speed. If he doesn't get hurt, I mean, he's probably the first right, receiver yeah, drafted. Top ten. I mean, if he goes and blazes the forty at the combine, who knows? You know, he he start talking about top 10, top five kind of pick range. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can get him in the second half of the first round, go do it. it that shouldn't be – you just have to find a trade partner. That's that's the only hard part, find a trade partner. Because there's not a receiver in this draft, and I've started looking at him that I'd take over Jamison Williams. Absolutely. I mean, I, like, Burks from Arkansas is interesting. I, I want to see how he runs because, I mean, a lot of people keep saying he's slow, but you watch the games, he's running away from defenders. I don't know. But he's still raw as a receiver. He's just big. Um you start talking about um, Chris Olave, he's fine. Garrett Wilson, they're fine. Like, But to me, neither one of them have game-changing ability. Jamison Williams has game-changing ability. If you're looking for a number one receiver, Jamison Williams has the potential to be that. He's just hurt right now. You know what? Draft him anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's – he won't make it to that 33rd pick.
1: Trevor Lawrence's uh, buddy from Clemson as well. Yeah,
0: you know, uh, he's, in a, he's a real interesting yeah. one to me because I've – I started kind of doing some research on him and you know obviously it worked out pretty well when Trevor was there mm-hmm. but he had the neck injury so he had to recover from that. He missed all of the 2020 season. Comes back this year the whole Clemson offense was just bad. And so he rolls into that he gets hurt again. Um, the, so this season and even this, the second injury don't concern me as much. I want his med- his medicals need to check out at the mm-hmm. combine. That's that's step 1. If the if the doctors okay the neck and the spinal injury then we're, then we're in business. The real concern for me is that people keep saying he's not that fast, and there was even a number thrown out there that, around at in high school, he ran something like a five uh, in the forty yard wow, dash. Wow, that's what I would I would run. Yeah, that that, would that's cool. slow. You know what I mean? So <laughs> so if 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 that's the case, and he goes out there and he's running like a four seven now, you know, let's say he got faster at Clemson than that five, that, that ain't great. Like I mean, we at least gotta get the guy in the yeah, you know four or five kind of range. So I want to see how he runs, uh, but he could be an interesting o- option because Trevor obviously has the familiarity with him. Trevor likes those large receivers, so give him as many of the, of guys like that as possible. Where he just has to get him in, the, get it in their catch range, put it where only that his guy can go get it, and he'll go make a play. Uh, so I, I like the idea of a Justin Ross. We'll just have to see if how everything kind of checks out this week he's another guy who's going to make himself some money if he if he does well at the combine this week
1: so draft wise you're sitting here at 1 with the jags you're sitting here at 33 uh with the jags at first pick of the second round ideal scenario who do you come away with
0: ideal scenario at 1 and 33 1 and 33 uh i i at 1 i guess i go aiden hutchinson and then at 33, I mean, ideal scenario would be everybody's scared of Jamison Williams. Mm-hmm. And he drops to 33, and he just falls right into your lap. I mean, that's, and that's, 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 that's pretty re- that would be my perfect scenario. Yeah, but I you, think that's pretty ideal. You address
1: two situations, two glaring weaknesses on the team, and I think uh, you get two of the best players in the draft.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think you, – you, you'd hope that that injury news scares people away. And, I mean, ACL injuries aren't what they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he falls to 33. He followed to 33, like I said. And as soon as the 32nd pick goes in, just text him and say, you'll hear your name called. Just go on ahead and make sure you DVR that for us. i um, <laughs> like, I, I, I think that, that's a simple one. I, you know, and when you start getting into the depth of the draft, I mean, I'd like a guy like a Damian Pierce from Florida, maybe in the fourth or fifth round. I think the Jaguars need to add a running back. Um, with Etienne and James Robinson both coming off those major injuries from last year. They both plan to be ready to hit the field for training camp, but y- you still want to make sure that you slowly bring them along, so it's probably good to have a young workhorse thrown well, in the background.
1: Mel Kuiper's latest mock today has Jamison Williams going 28th to the Packers. 28? So you're getting into that window there mm-hmm. where Jacksonville would not have to move up too far no. um, you know to, to get Jamison Williams, to have a crack at him. Um, and again, by taking him in that top first, in that first round, you'd also lock in his fifth year option opportunity as well. So that another, uh, possibility is what the Ravens did with, uh, Lamar Jackson. If you remember, they traded back into that first round and, right. and snatched him. So I think a guy like Jameson Williams could spark some interest, you know, even if he's not ready for training camp, i still think, you know, before that injury, he was top 10 kind of material. And we mm-hmm. saw what he had done in the SEC championship game, played at Alabama, um, so I, I think that is my preferred uh, draft, draft, uh, draft hit for Jacksonville, pass rusher and electric
0: receiver. Yeah, if, the, if that's the, the, top, the combination of the Jaguars' first two picks in the draft, home run. Home, home run, run without, without a question. Um, you bring a dynamic receiver in, and you bring in a pass rusher who is expected to be able to make an impact perfect scenario for them i think that would i think trevor would approve of that as well i think so yeah
1: i think our fan the fan base would definitely yeah, approve. I, of
0: that. they definitely <laughs> would well we'll, we'll go on ahead and wrap up this episode of the news for jacks podcast we'll check in with you next week as the combine wraps up and we get a little bit closer to free agency uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about possible free agent targets next week uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week